Hello, brothers and sisters. Pastor Jason here. I'm excited to be back with you on this next episode. I apologize. It's been a little while since I've been on here trying to get unpacked and everything set up and moved. And of course, ministering in a new church, it's been quite the adjustment. But boy, it's good to be back here with you. I want to encourage you once again to share this and also like this on your social media. And I want to encourage you uh, maybe to go to our other podcasts and listen in sometimes if there's a lag i'm going to try to get back to doing this every other week and then maybe eventually every week but i want your topics i want your opinions on what to discuss and i want to come to you with this topic today on something that was mentioned by two people uh mo thank you for uh asking for this and also tim and brandy uh you guys had mentioned this on facebook on my personal facebook page but the topic i want to discuss today is the topic of forgiveness and forgiveness is an interesting topic. I've dealt with that. Uh, each one of us have dealt with that. But I want to talk about a couple of different areas. First of all, I want to talk about forgiving ourselves and then forgiving others, because that was kind of mentioned. And it's such a, it, it does go hand in hand. But I want you to refer back, if you haven't listened to it, uh, I don't know, 10 or 12 episodes ago, I talked about hurts, wounds, and scars. And that's one thing about others that... Uh, have harmed other people there might be some insight in that and and comment if that's a blessing to you and uh, pray that you'd go back and listen to that but hurts wounds and scars was one that it talks about whenever someone else has wounded you but one of the first things i think that comes to mind and i want to share just a little bit out of out of some areas and not try to preach a sermon to you on this podcast but i want to share with you out of my personal experiences and some things that I've really struggled with that's happened in the church. And and these aren't people that have tried to maliciously attack or do wrong things to people, but I've found some errors that people do, and, and they're sincerely wrong. I mean that with all my heart. I love the body of Christ. I love Christian brothers and sisters, but they're just sincerely wrong. And one of the first things I want to caution you if you've had trouble with forgiveness, whether it be yourself or with someone else, I want to caution you to be careful not to just begin professing, I've forgiven them, I've forgiven them. I've heard this type of teaching in theology, and then they try to find a scripture out of context and back it up. But the truth is, we don't want to lie to ourselves. If we're having a struggle forgiving someone else or, or others, uh, but, you know, we just need to be very careful to just be honest with God. You know, the Bible doesn't ask us to be phony. The Bible doesn't ask us to profess and proclaim above what we feel and what our emotions are. We need to be real with ourselves. And the truth is, I find it many times that people, they try to rush past that healing moment of forgiveness more than they need to. And it takes time for our emotions to get in line with our thoughts. When we've been hurt, it's very important that we're honest with God and we say, Lord, this is a hurt. This is a deep pain. And by the way, when you're talking about dealing with someone else now, there some people are just going to hurt you no matter what, and you just need to get away from them. You need to put boundaries up, and you need to go back and listen to the podcast on boundaries. If they're continually hurting you, then you need to protect yourself with boundaries and set a boundary between you. Now, it may be your spouse, but there's still boundaries you can agree upon. And like I said, you can listen to my podcast on that about boundaries. But if there, if there's someone that has hurt you and you desire reconciliation, reconciliation is something different than forgiveness. And that's very important because some people, you, you may work with someone, you may be, be close to someone in your family that they're just going to continue to hurt you. But 
I don't, there is sometimes that hurt happens. We need to keep a better distance. The, one of the ways that I use the story, I always use is a story of Joseph in the scripture and Joseph's brother throwed him down into a well, you know, the scripture. And when they did, they came back finally. And Joseph revealed himself to him. He disguised himself and he guarded his heart. So there is a time to guard our heart. And then finally, the third time the brothers came back, remember they brought Benjamin back. Then Joseph revealed himself. That is a picture of restoring trust in someone. So first of all, you have to stop the hurting to deal with the forgiveness. Many times, if you keep someone close enough and they continue to repetitively hurt you and hurt you and hurt you, and I know there's cases that they don't, but in general speaking, we can generally set some boundaries and some agreements. And by the way, if it's someone close to you and you have to deal with them, then you need to get counsel. That was another question. When do I get counsel? Well, one of the times to get counsel is to bring something before a counselor, before a pastor, is that you bring that out. Because one of the worst things you can do is suppress that. And I know it's like Pandora's box. Oh, my goodness, if I bring this up, I'm going to be a problem to the church. You know what? That discourages me when I hear that, but I hear it a lot because we believe that if they come to the pastor, they come to the church, then they're they're having a bad problem. Well, guess what? We've all got bad problems. Guess what? I believe that the Bible is true, that it says there's safety in a multitude of counselors and that you need to get counsel. If you can't stop the abuse or the hurt and there's forgiveness that needs to happen there, you've got to stop the current abuse before you can deal with the past. And one thing you can do, trust me, when you bring them in and there's some accountability, and then also there is a place even for separation, even with married people. Now, I don't think that's the first case. I think that's one nearly the last. But if the abuse doesn't stop, the Bible does not, God does not expect you to put up with abuse and trouble. But when someone's abused you, many times we've worked through our relationship, we've worked through our family things, but many times it's this idea, okay, I'm going to separate from them. I'm going to be further away from them. Maybe I'm not going to be their best friend anymore. Maybe I'm just going to be an associate or maybe a friend, but there is a place and forgiveness for me happens that you are honest with God and tell God, please forgive me. And God help me help my unbelief, help me to my emotion to come in line with this idea of forgiving. And one of the reasons why I want to is because the Bible's clear. It says that if you do not forgive your brother or your sister, then our God won't forgive you. And I know that seems straight into the point. And I've tried to find every, trust me, I've, if there was a way around it, I'd have studied it by now. But the truth is we need to forgive people. But we can't just say it's over. You know, Dr. Caroline Leaf, she talked about this and she said that one of the worst things you can do is when your emotions and your mind does not fall in line is to profess a lie to yourself. She believes with the, with the brain, uh, the, the mind brain connection is what she calls it. The mind brain connection that if you lie to yourself in your mind, it'll actually do damage to your brain because your body knows your emotions, your, 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 your hurt, your pain. So first of all, just profess that to the Lord and then say, Lord, I want to forgive this person. But you need to work on that forgiveness many times before the reconciliation. I know people that think meeting with someone is going to help them when they've been hurt. But actually, it actually can be the opposite because then they just get re-injured again. And so we need to heal from the hurt. And I like to say this, if I've been hurt by someone, the first thing the devil wants me to do is he wants me to go to 12 or 15 different things. And I believe this is the devil or my flesh that goes to to 12 or 15 different things that's wrong. I always tell people, if someone's wronged you, you need to pick one or two things and drop the rest. 
And if there's 20 things, Jack, you've got trouble. Amen. I mean, that's bad. But the truth is you really do because once we're injured, you know, it's like that when you're hurt, there's, there's a sore on your arm and then someone just walks up against you and barely touches you. And you're like, ah, oh, that hurts. And like, oh, I'm sorry. What happened? Well, I was hurt the other day. I was cut. I was out in the yard. I hit myself, whatever, you know, with a knife. And now it's real sore. See, because really once they hurt you, now they're doing things that really were petty and you're just kind of picking at things. And I know, and then I've seen people shamed that tried to re- try to restore a relationship and they say, well, you just have a picking spirit. Well, that's not necessarily true either. And many times these cases, the Bible's very clear. It says that you go to your brother or your sister and you tell them the problem. And then if you tell them the problem that doesn't work, you bring it before the church. So you bring it before people and you take someone with you first. So then maybe a pastor or a friend. And then last but not least, you bring it before the church and before the church is not the church as a whole, but the church as in being uh, the leadership of the church, a pastor, associate pastor, youth pastor, or whatever you will be an administrator, whoever's in your life that's in the leadership role of the church. And there is a time then at that time, of course, the scripture says if they're in the church and they're with you, there's a time that that person may be asked to leave the church if it's been a bad enough foul. But having said that about this forgiveness, you know, I want to say this. this. This old story I heard was like whenever you're mad at someone and you're unforgiving towards someone, and it's kind of like whenever you won't forgive them, it's like drinking the poison and hoping that they'll die. Because it's a poison inside of us. And for me, unforgiveness, I'm just going to have to call it what it is. It's sinful. It really is. Now, I've got some things in my life. I'm still working on some forgiveness in areas. I really am. Now, I try to forgive quickly Uh, with my wife. I don't let the sun go down upon our wrath. We try to go to bed happy. Now, we've had to, you know, uh, say goodnight and I love you when we didn't feel it. But I, that, that's one thing. But there are some things that's happened I've grappled with and still little areas I can probably go back in my life. How do I know that I'm not healed? How do I know I haven't forgiven? Because I don't have perfect peace, empathy, and love toward that person. That's one of my checks and balances. Can I look at them and think, I love you. I believe in you. I want the best for you and have compassion and go back to that memory where I was harmed and do I not get emotional or upset or, or, or maybe, you know, tense or angry. And, and then maybe for some people, it may be that they cry or that they weep. And if God's really healed me and I've really forgiven them now, forgiveness and healing, I believe go hand in hand. One of the things that we need to do whenever we forgive someone is we need to remember that, you know, everyone has different junk. I always tell people that everyone has different stuff. And I have different stuff and I'm weak in areas and I'm stronger in others and, and I have weaknesses and, and I do have the ability in me, you know, in my flesh, Paul said, dwelleth no good thing to be a filthy, rotten sinner. And when I know that, that helps me to forgive because maybe I don't have the same sin as they do. You know, there's some sins that people do that we like to as brothers and sisters in Christ even as say, I can't believe they did this sin or that sin. And especially when it happens to one of our weakest in our community or one of the youngest in our community or the smallest, even to children. And then we look at that person and we say, you, you're an awful human being. How could you do that? And I remember one time back whenever I lived in Wellington, Kansas, and I remember I walked into the jail ministry and we were doing ministry and there was a man there. And, uh, you know, you really need revelation for God on, on some things and forgiveness. And, and, I, and this is one thing God did in my heart. And I walked into the, the cell and, and there was doors, they were locked. And, 
they unlocked the door and we walked in. And I remember seeing this man and his name was in the paper and he'd done an atrocious thing to some of the smallest in our community and some of the most that aren't able to defend themselves. And, and, and I walked and I remember thinking, Lord, if you, you, if anybody, please don't let me go by this man's cell because what he'd done was atrocious and sickening. It was a horrible sin. And that's how I thought about it. And I'll never forget I went to go by his room and there's four or five people in front of me and they walked by and walked by and the man stayed on his bed. I knew who he was. The picture was plastered on the front of our little community there and uh, the paper, the little community paper that was there. And I walked by and as I started to walk by, I was almost by him and he jumped up off his bed and ran down to the meal hole down at the bottom of the door. And the meal hole opened, and when it did, that meant they wanted to minister. And I began to think, I can walk by. He's in his cell. I'm walking down the hallway, and they're waiting on me anyway. And I thought, I can go ahead and walk by. And I remember the voice of God. I can't say it was an audible word, but I can remember the voice of God. And it spoke to me. And God said, if you can't do this, then turn around. And I thought, oh, my goodness. what you know? I thought, what in the world? But I knew. I knew that if I couldn't minister to that man that done that horrible crime to that young child, I knew that I'd be in trouble. I knew that God checked me. He convicted me. And I bent down to that meal tray and I told, talked to that man. And he said he felt that the demons of hell were in his room and that he wanted to kill himself. And I said, well, let me tell you something, son. I don't, I don't know all that you've done. I knew what some he had done, but I didn't know all that you had done. And I said, son, Jesus Christ wants to set you free from that. And there's no demon in hell that can have any force against you that God's not able to protect you and to keep you. And I led that man to the Lord Jesus Christ right down there in his cell. And he began weeping and crying and thanking me. You see, when I stepped back up from that meal hole, when I stepped back up from that doorway, I understood what it was like to be a minister When I kneeled down, the thoughts that I had before I kneeled down, I was looking at him as a man, but I realized what God wanted me to do as being a Christian minister. And by the way, brothers and sisters, we are called into the Christian ministry. If you are born again, you are called to the message of reconciliation. And I'm telling you, it wasn't easy, but the truth is there's other events in my life and other stories that happened to me. I remember one time, Whenever I was up and we had taken the kids onto a trip, one of my first jobs in full-time ministry, and we were taking the kids up to a little event there, and, and we were looking at the ark, and I, and I went, and I got a phone call when I was on that trip, and there was a man uh, there was a, a man's wife on the other end of the phone that I hadn't seen in years, and he had been accused of some really atrocious things and horrible things against people, once again, that can't defend themselves. And, and I was very upset at that. And, I, and, and matter of fact, I went to sleep that night, and I, and, and I couldn't sleep well, but the last thing on my mind was that man, and how could he do this? Someone that I knew in my past. And I woke up in the morning, and when I woke up in the morning, I, I that's the first thing I thought of again, and I began to pray, God, help me to forgive Help me to forgive him. It wasn't me, but but I'm upset about this. And, and, I, and I'll never forget, I, I was waiting on the voice of God, but I kept praying. And for two or three days there, I'd go to sleep, I'd think of this, and I'd, go to, I'd wake up. And I was ministering to these kids, and we were having a great time. And it would just so happen, I was thinking, how could someone do something like this? But I was on this little ministry trip, and I'll never forget it. I was driving down the road, and I said, God, could you speak to me? I kept asking God to show me, to speak to me. Give a revelation. That's what I'm talking about, revelation in your spirit. Revelation is key to overcoming anything in our life that we're stuck on. 
you know, and if you can't get unstuck, it's time for counsel. That was another question. When's it time for counsel? When you're stuck too long. What is too long? I don't know. I don't think it's a week. I don't think it's two weeks, but that in order to be month after month after month, it sure hadn't turned into a year. And I'm driving down the road and I said, God, please give me revelation. See, revelation will be like traction to the car. It will be like a tow truck to pull you past something, to get you through something. And we really need revelation, line upon line, precepts upon precept, here a little, there a little, to grow spiritually. And I finally said, Lord, would you just show me, what, what, why could, how could this man do that? And would you please show me and speak to me? Give me revelation because I had to go see the man or what, they wanted me to go see the man. And he was in jail and he was in lockdown. And of course, the devil's trying to get him to kill himself. And I remember, I'll never forget what God told me. And I said, God, how could it be something atrocious? And God spoke to me again in a small, still voice, a whisper. And he said, I see all sin like that. You see, the sickness that I had in my stomach and in my crawl and in my heart, I was so sickened. And I remember thinking, oh, no. You see, that's our problem with forgiveness. We don't really see ourselves as that kind of sinner. And I know it's hard because, you know, in forgiveness, I just want to know that everything's all right, profess my faith and get over it. But the truth is, for me, in experience, Forgiveness has come for realizing who I was. Isaiah, when he went before the Lord, he said, oh, I'm a man of unclean lips. Touch my mouth. I am a sinner. You see, Isaiah didn't go and say, and he, and he, and he was upset, and, and he didn't like what was happening to his country, and he, and he was in such turmoil about that that God began to speak to him and give him revelation, the beginning of his ministry. But I believe the beginning of that man and his ministry and his Christian walk was knowing that, lo, I am a man of unclean lips. And that's the key for my forgiveness. And by the way, when someone forgives against me, I used to point them out and say, oh, man, I can't believe they did this. Oh, man, I can't believe she did this, whatever it was. But you know what? Now that that happens, and, and many times, some people, if they're not Christians, that's just what they do. They hurt people. They're lost. They're blind. That's one thing that helps me with people that aren't Christians. The Bible says their eyes that can't see, their ears that can't hear, no matter how you scream at them, they can't understand. And no matter how, unless their eyes be open, they can't really see true forgiveness or an understanding of how to treat people. But if they're in the kingdom of God, then I encourage them, listen, there is a time that you need to understand that you are a sinner too. And that is a key to overcoming this unforgiveness thing. That's a key to realizing that that we're level at the foot of the cross. And that man in that jail cell that opened his meal hole, now he's got a life in prison. The other man I was talking about has 30 years, but I'm telling you something. If they are born again in the kingdom of God, it's level at the foot of the cross. I'm no better than in God's sight. I need to see people how God sees them. And by the way, like I started to say, when now a Christian brother fails and sins against me, I used to say, hey, I can't believe they did this. I can't believe they did that. But you know what? The Bible says where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Where sin abounds, grace much more abounds, Paul said. And so I began to think about that. I thought, well, then that means if they're a Christian, and sometimes they're men of God, women of God of great stature, and sometimes they may just be born again for the last month or two. But the bottom line is I think, well, God, if you've got grace for them, then there's grace for me.
And see, that's what gives me solace when someone else sins against me is that if they can really, and I thank God, you're not punishing them. You're not, doesn't seem like you're convicting them. Well, first of all, we don't know when they go to bed at night, what they think of when they wake up in the morning, what they think of, but the God's honest truth is God will convict them of their sin. But when God forgives them, and if they repented of that, the Bible says their sin is cast as far as the East is from the West. But if that promise is good for them, then that promise is good for me. And by the glory of God, I can be set free from the same sin. So more grace for them doesn't mean more grace for them and not for you. More grace for them means more for them and more for me. Then I want to talk briefly and I'm about to close, but the idea of forgiving yourself. And I'll tell you this right now. I believe with all my heart, as I begin to say, it's going to take revelation. It's going to take revelation, seeking the word of God and praying that you have a revelation of grace. Because no matter if we've done one thing or continual things, the truth is, the psalmist said, so a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We need to think of ourselves as a child of the king, that he never holds any sin against us, and our sin is cast as far as the east is from the west. And I get up every morning believing his mercies are new every day. I told someone, they said, do you really believe that? I said, I can't but believe it. They said, why? I said, because I've made so many mistakes in my life. No, I'm not given to the same sins I used to be. I don't do what I used to do, praise God, but I've messed up so many times. How could I not lay my head up off that pillow and stand up and say that today is a new morning? Your mercies are new every day, and I've found that I have more freedom, that I have more grace, that I have more ability to be who God wants me to be when I don't fall into that condemnation, that guilt of being an old, rotten, filthy sinner. I I know that I'm a sinner. Like Isaiah, I'm a man of unclean lips, but I know that the coal of God touched my lips. And that was a picture of what Jesus did on the cross. I'm not saved by my works, but I am saved by grace through faith, lest any man should boast. So I encourage you, brothers and sisters, if you're listening, thank you for encouraging this and asking me about what to talk about. But I want to encourage you to seek revelation for forgiving yourselves. And I want to ask you to seek God to understand that all sin is the same, no matter if it's against you or against other creation. And friends, I hope this has been good to you. Hey, I'm going to fixing and working on changing up my music. So be on the lookout for that. I'm going to use the old saying, but it's about time. It's been away over a year and I wanted to do that. So if you have any suggestions about that, you can email me, uh, copy me, send me something on Facebook. And until next time, friends, I'll be praying for revelation. And I pray that you would forgive yourself and forgive others because you know that God has forgiven us. He wouldn't have went to a cross and died and bled if it wouldn't have been because he loved you. And brothers and sisters, he loves you more than you'll ever know. We'll be ever learning. One day we're going to get to heaven and we're going to see how much he really loved us. Friends, until next time, God bless.